another world, another time, in the age of wonder. You are listening to The Dark Crystal Minute. And begin all the same, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And now once more the world must undergo a time of testing. It is time, time to return to the castle. There is much to be learned. And you have no time. And here's your hosts, Philip Mitchell and Jamie Prater. Hello and welcome to the Dark Crystal Minute, your minute-by-minute discussion on all things on the cult classic film, The Dark Crystal. I'm your host, Philip Mitchell, and I'm from Trial by Stone, The Dark Crystal Podcast. And I am J.M. Prater. I am the founder and co-host of Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, and Shoulder of Orion, the Blade Runner Files. So let's get right into it with this minute of the Dark Crystal Minute. So to sort of recap what happens in this minute, uh, we see um, a lot of the mystics, um, well, eight of the nine mystics calling out for Jen. And then, which then transitions to, or dissolves to a medium shot of the waterfall, which then pans down to a medium shot of Jen playing a flute, which I think the instrument is called a furka that Jen is playing. And then sort of the narration sort of continues on with the story, you know, sort of establishing that in the Valley of the Mystics, there lives a Gelfling Jen. It actually, yeah, it goes quite, you know, uh, tells quite a bit um, in this minute that the Skeksis killed his family destroyed his clan and only Jen survived to be raised by the wisest of the mystics. And I mean, we'll get into sort of the narration, but um, I mean, probably the most interesting thing, I guess, in this minute is, um, I mean, with the mystics, I mean, for the listeners are sort of, for those of you who are playing at home, trying to work out which mystics are which. Uh, so, you know, you're seeing Urtar, the alchemist, Urza and Ursol in the first shot. The next shot you're seeing Uryod, the numerologist, Urmaj the cook, and followed by Urt the weaver, which then pans to Urak the scribe. And of course, you get Urem the healer. And then in that last shot is, um, you actually see all the mystics in that one shot, you know, when they're calling out to Jen. Um, yeah, when I was looking carefully, I was like trying to count, you know, you know, having mystics and at one point I was getting seven, but then I, yeah, I actually found that there was all of them are in the shot except for the uh, the master who is, you know, of course not present because he's uh, slowly dying. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just love, yeah, just sort of the singing, you know, the calling out. I know it's sort of been parodied as a sort of the, the Hans Zimmer <laughs> sort of thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it's sort of just nice details that you get that sort of orangey, Hugh feeling but yeah sort of thinking ahead we'll go to you know with Jen and um in a different sort of environment you know well we have to imagine it's close by uh to the Valley Mystics at a waterfall and um yeah I mean we see Jen playing the furka and um he's actually naked (laughs) playing (laughs) playing the furka um which I mean you know, I guess when you're watching films as a kid or whatnot, you don't really think too much about these things, you know, sort of growing up. And then later on, you know, it's like, oh, wait, he's actually naked playing this uh, yeah. uh by the waterfall. Um, yeah, which is like such an interesting sort of way to introduce a character, I guess. But in a way, it sort of really represents sort of, um, 
I know his innocence, I yeah, guess. Totally. Um, with Jan. I, what are your thoughts, um, Jamie? Yeah, I would agree. In fact, I mean, as a kid, I didn't really even notice that he was naked. I think as I got older, I, I noticed that he was naked. And then I noticed that his foot or his leg was like positioned perfectly, you know, um, so mm. as to kind of maintain purity. You know, not that it would be impure if we saw all of Jen. I don't know even how gelflings are built. I mean, they, they look like humans. Yeah. Um, but uh, really what. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think that uh, this shot is really about his innocence um, who's kind of his his trust with the environment that he has grown up in went up in that he feels no fear, you know. Mm. Um, he doesn't he doesn't know what fear is. Um, he is the the this environment is his home, um, kind of much like Kira. Uh, the environment for her is her home. So of course he's naked. Why wouldn't he be? You know, um, it, it's it's just him among the forest. I mean that'd probably be all of us if we were just by ourselves in some remote area you know we would just be like because there's obviously nothing wrong with it no, um so no. i think that i think that there's uh i think it's a really great shot and uh, i mean and also i mean there's so much going on in this shot but uh I, that's uh, for now i'll that's my answer to your question yeah I, I, absolutely yeah um yeah just yeah just the innocence and yeah i mean you know the fact that he's like the only golfling or as far as he's aware um uh -huh. the only one alive so yeah he's like oh let's you know why not sort of thing? Why not be naked and play the fur furka um, in a waterfall? Um, yeah. And just, just, you know, looking at, it's just, it's just crazy to actually see, you know, with him playing the instrument, just how the fingers are actually moving yes. to, to the notes. You know, I'm still like trying to work out like how they're doing how it. They like, yeah, it. yeah. With, yeah. You know, with remote controls, you know, certain remotes for certain fingers that, you know, press, you know, that press up and down and, um, and of course you'd have, um, you know, Jim Henson would be hiding under the rock, basically puppeteering mm -hmm. his, um, the, yeah, the slight body movements of Jen. Um, maybe yeah, unless yeah. he's all, anim he could be all animatronic for all we know. That, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, I guess like I was, I, cause I feel like this shot, I mean, this setup reminds me, I think a lot of, um, I think it might have been the first um, the Muppet movie with Kermit the Frog. You know, when Kermit's mm -hmm. playing the um, or singing the Rainbow Connection and playing with the guitar. That yeah, it might be sort of that similar setup. So I just sort of was. I'm always very curious if that was sort of similar to it or yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean by all means, yeah, it could potentially just be a full on animatronic puppet in that shot. And even just a like you know, Jen like he's blinking and he's actually like breathing. You know, you uh -huh. see he him breathing between uh before taking in the notes and it's amazing it is amazing and yeah the intricacies of not just of not just um the puppet itself but the environment like this environment that's amazing and then like there's a scene towards the end of the minute where you see something in the water swimming away from jen um i don't know what it is it's probably not real it's probably something that they're pulling along but it looks real i mean the wizardry and the technology and the artists the the craft that went into creating this brief quick scene mm. i mean it must have taken them weeks and weeks and weeks to get this right you yeah. know yeah, I'm actually just looking at that. Yeah, that little creature that's sort of swimming along. I actually like. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, if you're watching it the first time, you wouldn't notice it, and yeah. But the one thing I really notice is there's this sort of this red. I don't know. I'd probably describe it as a very red hair kind of fox character who's like 
in that very wide shot, just watching um, Jen playing with the uh, the fur car. I don't know huh, if you've seen I, that creature. Where is it? I haven't. So in the wide shot, you see sort of this creature. Who's oh, like, yeah. And he's just like, it just looks like a little fox. Um, with like, I have never noticed that. Like with red hair, like red fur, you know, uh-huh. watching Jen. Um, yeah. That is amazing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's fascinating. I've seen this film how many times and I've never noticed it. And then the fox or whatever it is runs away really interesting and again i mean with the narration it sort of keeps going on about mentioning oh by the way that there is a prophecy a thousand years have passed and now once more the world must undergo a time of testing now it must be healed or pass forever into the rule of evil so we're sort of getting a bit more of a glimpse of the story with the plot that there's some kind of prophet prophecy um relating that that jen would have to do to fulfill the prophecy in some way and um yeah i mean i'm just trying to think of anything else to say about the shot i mean i just love the waterfall and just um well there's one part in the shot where uh it's at it starts at it's at five minutes and eight seconds and i don't remember the name of this mystic but he his hands are around this like bowl with a spiral on it um and i just Uh, wanted to to bring our you know the listener's attention to it What's really going on in this scene? All of the hands are being used. There's a hand on the bowl. There's a hand on a spoon. There's the back hands. So at this point, in the costume or in this puppet, there's two people underneath it, uh, making that making that thing happen, making the uh, the puppet come to life. And we don't even, again. It's one of those scenes where we don't think about it because it's so natural, you know. Yeah, and it is a a, a pretty quick shot as well. Like it's only. Um... Uh, about a second or so long I can um, sort of calculate how long that shot is and I believe that is uh, uh, for the listeners uh, that's Uramaj the cook um, yeah like yeah it's only like a couple yeah a couple seconds and um, yeah you just just a subtleness like like all his um, hands are moving yes and of course you know he moves his head of course you know knowing about you know they're singing <laughs> Yeah. So I'll join, join in as well. Um, but yeah, again, yeah, sort of, I, I know we sort of went into it in the previous minute about just the symbology, you know, all the circles, all the spirals that we um, yeah. see in this shot. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Um, and just the fact that, a lo- you know, everything that was made in the film was, um, was all handmade. There wasn't anything that was sort of like, you know, I mean, you know, people might think, oh, you know, they just got this, you know, those plates from some from a pop, prop department. But no, I think they uh, really did everything from scratch and really, yeah. Um, yeah. And there was no, um, what do you call those machines that print out? Uh, oh, 3D stuff. printers. Yeah, there was yeah, no, no 3D printers. No. So they weren't, I mean, they, they just created this, each thing, and they fabricated it over and over. Yeah. And it was handcrafted. Um, these days, I mean, even like a studio like Leica, um, who does amazing work, they uh, 3D print a lot of their stuff. Mm. Um, and uh, so a lot of that handcrafted, handmade um, sensibilities has gone away. Um, yeah. But, you know, again, the Dark Crystal really, I mean, there's nothing like it. No, no, there isn't, no. And even I'm just, you know, looking at the next shot. And again, you're seeing the spirals in the background, like mm-hmm. on sort of the wall of sort of like a cave sort of 
entrancey sort of thing. Um, yeah, I just love that pan shot where it's yeah, you know, continue to hum and um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just incredible. And I, it's hard to again, and I know we've talked about this before, but these things aren't real. But I I, I just don't like they are living, breathing creatures. Like I I don't even though I know how they were made, I know what goes into them. I've seen the behind the scenes things. That's almost like something completely separate that I'm looking at. When I looked at the mm-hmm. movies and I look at them performing these things, I, I just, this world is more believable than Star Wars to me. Yeah. Yeah, just because, yeah, like everything is living, breathing, and I think, I guess you don't have, um, I guess, you know, in Star Wars you have human characters and you also have robots and, and creatures and stuff, or the aliens, um, I should say. Uh-huh. And, you know, some of the aliens can be a bit, you know, hit and miss, you know, with, I guess, suspend, you know, the suspension of disbelief. But with a film like The Dark Crystal, because everything is a creature um, that we can almost, you know, believe in it all, essentially. Um, you know, there's no humans in this film. And, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, just, it's just great just um, as we go on, you know, with The Dark Crystal minute and... Um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot to definitely look into, and even like yourself, you know, you know, you, you know, you didn't notice about the red hair sort of fox creature, and I sort of didn't notice about that little, you know, water, I don't know, little creature that was swimming by as well. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah. so it's always great to sort of revisit, revisit the films, and just you know, looking at these films very closely, um, and just seeing new things so which is which is awesome um there's always good times absolutely so so i guess let's wrap up for this minute of the dark crystal minute if you'd like to get in contact with the show you can do so at dark crystal minute at gmail.com you can like us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash dark crystal minute or on twitter at dark crystal min the dark crystal minute is a part of the trial by stone the dark crystal podcast network So if you're able to give us a five-star review on iTunes, that'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for your time and come back next time for more The Dark Crystal Minute.